It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Avs, even though we can't be in the stands, just know Avalanche Country's got your back. Best of luck in Edmonton. We wish we could be there, but we'll be cheering you on from home. Go Avs. Can't wait to see you guys back on the ice. What's up, Avs? It's Drew Moore. On behalf of the entire Colorado Rapids organization, just want to let you know we're behind you in your return to play. And uh, all the best. Bring the cup home. We know you're going to crush it in Edmonton. Let's go Avs. Good luck to the Avs as they head to Edmonton. The Mammoth organization is cheering you on. Safe travels to Edmonton and good luck on the playoffs. Hey, Avalanche. Super excited that we get to cheer you on during this cup run. Bring that cup back to Denver. Let's go, Avs! I love you, Avalanche. Oh, Captain! My Captain! So this is Mason. Just want to give a shout out to the Avalanche as they head to the bubble and, and represent Denver where they're at. So good luck, guys. We're pulling for you and uh, bring it home. Good luck, man. Good luck. You know we out here rolling for you. Come on, man. Shoots and scores! Fly, Condor! Fly! Let's go, Avalanche. Hey, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. Thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto over at rockauto.com. Well, we have reached the North Country, and the Colorado Avalanche are... In Edmonton, they have landed, the cuts have been made, the roster is finalized, and things are happening. And it looks like, yeah, this is moving along, and I have been saying over and over again how I have known that hockey was always going to be played. (laughs) And if you've listened to the show, you know that is not the case. Um, I I really did not think we would get to this point, and I'm, I'm happy I'm wrong. Uh, I'm I'm happy that we're it's you know everything we're we're gonna have hockey. I mean it, it, it we are we are now in the the host city of Edmonton and hockey is happening and yeah I I, I couldn't be more happier that I am I'm wrong on that because just the way things were going in in this country and especially where I live it didn't seem that way so uh, stand corrected and. More than happy to admit that. So where are we now? The Colorado Avalanche have made their cuts. We're going to talk about those. You heard that fan video right off the bat. Man, if that doesn't give you emotion, if that doesn't just let you know that uh, Avalanche fans are excited 
they they are ready for this team to do something special. Um, and then when you look at this roster, you're like, yeah, they have all of the the tools in front of them to really do something special. And this is legit. This is a legit team. So we'll kind of go over the cuts uh, and kind of ask some questions about maybe some positions and maybe focus in on a, a specific player or two who we might really want to watch. So... First things first, follow the show on social media. Follow on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche. Please send your questions, comments, concerns, opinions, what you think the Avalanche are going to do while they're in Edmonton. Who do you think should start in goal? Are you okay with these cuts? Anything that is on your mind, send it to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. So like I said, we have the cuts and 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 the big the big name that everybody is saying that did not make the avalanche squad is obviously uh Kaminev. and what does that say for him well it says he's on a really good team um and and i have not been impressed with him for most of the time that he's played you know he really, in my eyes, he really hasn't done anything to boost him up past that fourth line, which is pretty much where he stayed this entire season. I think I know he played 30-some games. So he was in that fourth line, and he never progressed for where you could put your finger on something and say, wow, like that was impressive. Give him a shot with another line. It just it wasn't there. I don't know. He's still a young guy, obviously. But what does this mean for the Avalanche, for his career with the Avalanche? I mean, it could be the writing is on the wall. And maybe not for anything that he is doing wrong. It's just how everybody else on the team is doing everything right. And all of the prospects that they have are just lighting it up wherever they're playing. So we we still will see, but... Um, he can he can't be happy. I mean, and understandably so. You have this whole team who, thirty one guys, who are now up in Edmonton, and and you got left behind. So that that's the biggest name uh, that was left back. So who made it? Well, I mean, we don't need to go through every name because I'm sure you know the big names. Obviously, you know the McKinnons and uh, Macars of the world. Uh, Kind of the ones that everybody was kind of looking at was obviously Tyson Jost. He is on there. Matt Nieto is on there. And then, okay, TJ Tynan is on there, which we kind of assumed he would be. Kevin Connaughton made it. Connor Timmons made it. And Bowen Byram made it. How much they will actually play is a mystery. I think that'll be up to the team. That'll be up to the team and how, how well they're doing. Specifically, he is on defense, so I think a lot of eyes are going to immediately go to uh, Nikita Zadorov and say, not that Byron plays the style of Zadorov does, but we know how many times Zadorov was in the doghouse for Coach Bednar. And, you know, this is something where you, you, ha- you have to get out of the gates quick. If Zadorov's a liability, how quickly does Bednar remove him? And slide somebody else in. And would that person be Byram? Would it be Timmons? 
I don't know. We're, that those are those are things that we we don't have answers to right now, and we will have to see how the team just plays. Um, not only in in the their first round, but the exhibit the exhibition and the the four round robin games. It sounds like those four round robin games are are really going to be used to scrutinize lines. Basically, who's who's going to play? And this is almost like the, a second round of, of cuts. Like none of these guys are going to get cut, but there's some that won't play um, in in a, in a game, in a meaningful game. But they're there if you know someone gets injured to to slot them in. So guys like Zadorov, and I, I have heard he's doing fine in in the training camp. Was not really like standing out or anything, but. Like I said earlier, like we know how quick Bednar has been to kind of sit him, like healthy scratch him. So who would replace anybody? Not, not just want to go on Zadorov, but anybody. If there's an injury, who comes in? Who 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 is the first? Especially on the defensive end, who is the first one to make a replacement if there needs to be on the defensive end? <clears throat> is it Byram? Is it Timmons? Tim Timmons, I guess, really, really impressed, and I think he he if he's not, you know, on one of the defensive lines that sees the ice, um, you know, every every game, I think he might be next year, and he might be on this team to stay at this point. So he is definitely a guy to watch. I would think he would be above Byram from everything I'm reading and everything I'm seeing. If they were in need to slot somebody in. So the one thing that you just have to notice immediately is this team is stacked. And this team is is ready for a push. Of course anything can happen, but watching some of the clips coming out of the training camp, <clears throat> hearing some of the stories coming out of training camp, hearing... Uh, Jared Bednar's like post game, post not post game, but post practice, quote unquote press conferences. I said it when he got angry that one time, and how that would have an impact, a lasting impact, pretty much through the the rest of this season and post season. I don't know if that's the the thing that you can point to, but it's what I'm pointing to because. That's that, that. That for me, if I was on that team and and that and I, I know Jared Bednar as much as I can know him, um, that the the way he is and that is so out of character for him. I really think that could have been a turning point for training camp. And and, and let's just fast forward to the end. <clears throat> if they do win this thing and someone says what was a turning point, I'm really interested to see if when Jared Bednar reamed us in practice. <laughs> Not something that happened in a game. Uh, practice is what did it for them. So this team is locked and loaded, ready to go. Just look at this roster. The the lines, the the offensive lines are scary. It, they from you know obviously the first line and the second line. Um, even their third and fourth line lines can cause problems, and that is what you need in a Stanley Cup caliber team. And this is one. So uh, yeah, we we are just around the corner, and and now that we have our roster set, we need to get back on that ice because I want to see this team in action. On paper, it looks great. 
but obviously that needs to translate into the ice. So we'll see how that does. So before we move on, definitely want to hear from Rock Auto and RockAuto.com. Like I have been saying, if you are a car guru, which I am not, but you have a car, it's going to break down. And if you work on it, then you need some parts. And if you go to RockAuto.com, you will find those parts guaranteed and you will find those parts for the lowest prices you can find them. Go to RockAuto.com and at the checkout where it says, where did you hear from us? Just say Locked On. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Okay, so one of the the big questions, and I even wrote about it over at milehighsticking.com, was one of the big questions coming out was the, the goalie situation and who was going to get the nod to start. And and it's an interesting situation because obviously the Avalanche have two capable goalies and really their their play doesn't change dependent on who is in goal so for i guess the players it doesn't really matter because <clears throat> they're still going to play their game obviously for the two men um it's it's a it's a big deal you know you are a starting goalie for a Stanley Cup caliber team right off the bat into the playoffs so we didn't get an answer to that i really didn't think we would for the simple fact that really neither one um, from what I have seen and read, <clears throat> really outplayed the other enough to the fact where, like, yes, he absolutely is the number one guy. I didn't think we would get that. I think I figured we would have to wait till we get to Edmonton, play the exhibition game, and even play the four round robin games. I think these guys are going to split some time. We probably won't know who is going to be number one. I would guess. <laughs> What time do the Avalanche play? I, I, I gotta let me look that up because depending on what what time of day they play on August second, we might not know till like that morning, <laughs> or or you know maybe the earliest the day the night before, because I think it's gonna go right up until then. And no matter who it is, both of these guys are going to to play. And that's a good problem to have, especially in the playoffs, because it's almost like you know the NFL has gone to you don't have that one running back anymore. You don't have the Barry Sanders or the Emmett Smith or the Terrell Davis, who that was the guy for the entirety of the game. Um, the game's always been brutal, but for some reason, the way that you know the the running backs just get the, the shelf life for a running back is very short. So now every team has multiple running backs. It's usually a two-headed monster on every single NFL team when it comes to a running back. That is what you want 
for a hockey team, but it's difficult. It's you don't usually get that for a hockey team. You have your ace, and then you have your number two, and the number two plays very infrequently. And a lot of the the pressure comes on that number one goalie. And the Avalanche don't have that issue right now because both of these guys have been playing like number one goalies. Sure, they've had their problems. But what Pavel Francouz was doing when the season was halted was nothing short of miraculous. He made the NHL three stars of the week, two consecutive weeks, number one the first week, number three the second week. He was playing lights out. And if the season had not stopped, he probably going into the playoffs, he probably would have been the starter. Kind of doing like a recreation of what Rubauer did the year before when he took it over from Varlamov kind of around the same time, January, February, right on to the end. But four months off, we're basically starting at ground zero and show me what you got. So, which is good for Grubauer, coming from Grubauer's side of things, because I, I would think he would, he, like I said, if the season had continued, he probably would have lost that job. Probably would have lost the starting job, which is tough to say for, for the Avalanche because they had, you know, traded for him uh, money-wise. He's obviously making more money than, than Francois, which doesn't mean anything, but, uh, you know, you're putting all that money into him. You want him to succeed. You don't want that money sitting on the bench. And the Avalanche have been patient with him, and they have given him multiple opportunities. I think it's going to go in that direction again. When it's all said and done, these guys are too close to each other. And when they're that close to one another, sometimes the money wins out. And I I don't want to believe that's going to lead to the decision. But like I said, if you have a little bit more money wrapped up in a guy, uh, you you play him because you have confidence in that guy. So... Regardless, even if it is Philip Grubauer, he is not going to be asked to to be the man night after night after night. It's be the man the night that you're playing. And the same thing for goes for, goes for Frenzos. So uh, that's definitely something that we will be watching with a, a close eye because it's big. It's a big decision. I mean, that's your goalie going into the playoffs. And that's the guy you're going to hang your hat on. And you got to see, and that's the other part of it. You have to see how quick of a hook, if things aren't going the right way, does Jared Bednar yank someone. They're going to give him opportunities, but you can't give him too many opportunities because this could be a really short postseason if that happens. And you had a guy in the bench who was capable to come in and maybe stop the bleeding. Uh, How quick will he do that? So a lot of questions to be asked, obviously, still. We're in Edmonton, but there's still questions to be asked, including lines. Like, the lines in practice were pretty much set, and I think they're going to stay that way for the most part. Uh, But will Landeskog stay on the second line? I think so, and I think that's the best place for him, and that's not a demotion at all. That is, you are going there to improve our team and make that second line phenomenal. That is going to be a bruising, bruising line with him and Kadri on that line. Whoa. People are not going to want to play that line. So, but going back to the goalies, we shall see. So that's going to be where my my mind is going to be and my viewing is going to be 
pretty much on the goalies during that exhibition game, which I don't think is going to be much. Uh, maybe guys just getting back into the flow of things. But those round-robin games, it seems like those are going to be used more for something like that, for positioning and fleshing out the lines rather than, we really, yeah, they really want to win them. Uh, but I think they want to come out of them healthy and knowing who is on which line and definitely who is the starting goalie. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I figured we would uh, end on a couple different things. One is uh, a couple players that uh, we'll be looking at. And, you know, we said the goalies are definitely the one thing that, that maybe the main thing that everybody's kind of going to be watching just to see who the number one goalie will be. In terms of players from the forwards or the defensemen, Eric Johnson is getting a lot of press about how well he is doing in training camp. And he's not someone that I talk a lot about on this team or on the show. <laughs> I, I, and it's not intentional. He just, he's just kind of, and I don't mean this in a bad way. He's just kind of there. Like he does his job. He does it well for the most part. He doesn't set the world on fire. I think people expect more out of him because he's a number one overall pick. And he's still, you know, he's a fan favorite. He's like best friends with the captain, Gabe Landeskog. So, um, some people are kind of ticked off because he has that no trade clause where he, he, the, the avalanche have to, to protect him when it comes time for putting up players for Seattle. I've always liked him. I always rooted for the guy. Like he, he's just a, a, a good professional hockey player, a good professional hockey player. Um, but I think because he's labeled number one overall pick, people will expect, you know, the, the earth and the moon from him. And he's been around long enough, what, nine years now, that he's not going to be that guy. But he is a very dependable player. He's, he, he, you can depend on him. But from what I'm hearing uh, and seeing from the training camps is he is like a man possessed right now. But there are players who are practice players and who really just can, can you're, you, you're wowed by them in practice. And then when the game comes, they kind of just tone it down a notch, and and maybe they're just a little bit too timid. I'm not saying that's Eric Johnson, but he has built up this, uh, you know, a lot to live up to mentality based on these last two weeks. And if that's unfair, I'm sorry, but he he really has. Like he's getting a lot of publicity. If you're not really like uh, reading up on the Avalanche for what they're doing in the training camps. He's always at the top of the list of like, Eric Johnson was phenomenal today. 
Eric Johnson blew me away. Eric Johnson had a interception which turned into two on one and a great drop pass to Miko Rantanen first. Like he seems like he is everywhere, and he's living up to that Condor name that he has. So I would really want to see if that translates into games because if you can get an added bonus of a kind of maybe a little bit more offensive minded Eric Johnson, then you've only improved the stature of your team. Uh, the other one is Nemetsnikov. I think Vlad Nemetsnikov is itching and raring to go from, you know, being taken in by this team, being ripped away from the Ottawa Senators where they were obviously going nowhere and being thrown into a Stanley Cup mix. Guys like that um, are appreciative and will give you their all. And he didn't get that opportunity to do that. What, he play in eight or nine games before the pause? So seemed like he was just maybe getting into the flow of not only the games, just being around these guys who are already so close-knit. And now you're a new guy coming into that. That takes time. Um, and I'm sure they welcomed him with open arms and, and are teaching him everything that they can teach him. But now enough time has passed where, okay, now you've been around these guys for four months. Well, you really haven't been around these guys for four months. You've really only been around them maybe an additional two weeks, really. Three weeks, maybe. Um, because everybody you know, everybody had went home. So for him, I think he is is itching to go. But that could have a negative effect for pushing too hard to really show what you can do. Um, so he's definitely one that those two guys, I guess if you're talking on, on the, the forward defensive side of things away from the goalies, uh, Nemetsnikov, definitely Eric Johnson. And then in just general overall terms, this power play the power play was not as good as we thought it was going to be. This year, we thought it would be kind of unstoppable bringing in Nazem Kadri. Um, and that Nemetsnikov can help in that if he's going to be slot. He might not be slotted in that first group, but that second group of the power play kind of really. When that first group came out and a second group came in, you were almost like, well, there's, you know, we're not going to score on this one. And you kind of were just hoping that, you know, McKinnon and, and Rantanen and those guys would get back out on the ice for like maybe one last go around. Because if they came out, it wasn't going to happen. So uh, he kind of gives them a little bit more credibility on the second line power play. So things like that, um, I'm interested to see and how they do and how, and how long it takes them to get going. Uh, man, there's just so, so much. Uh, that that we have to look forward to and just on top of just hockey being back. Um, and one more thing I wanted to get to was the Athletic has... They, they do this where they, they have this uh, rating system on favorites for hockey, uh, the Stanley Cup uh, to win it. And they do it in tiers. And I, I knew the Avalanche would probably be in tier one, and they are, but I kind of just wanted to see where they were. They have so they they basically what they do is they they have uh, who is it it's it's G is it coaches um, NHL scouts uh, so they had an executive and a current player 
So they have uh, they have them rank them one to five. One being better. You want a lower score in this. And then they average them all out. So um, the Avalanche were at... So the Tampa Bay Lightning are just a, a one. St. Louis is a one. The Bruins are a 1.1. And the Avalanche are a 1.3. And they state, yes, the Avalanche are loaded and led by player in Nathan McKinnon, capable of winning a series by himself. But it's their youth and speed that panelists highlighted as another potential advantage that could lead to a long playoff run. Quote, coming out of this break, it's going to be about how fast your body enter the next game after three months off. It's an unknown, said the executive. Colorado has an advantage because of their youth. They're fast. They play easy. They can get up and down the ice, said a coach. When you look at training camp um, and starts of the season, they're always a big engine that takes a while to get going, which I don't necessarily totally agree with. Um, I'm putting my money on the team that can move fast right away. Um, or excuse me, he said, there's always a big engine, not referring to them, my mistake. So he's saying there's always a big engine that takes a while to get going. They are not that. They are not that team. The Avalanche are a, they start fast. So again, that is something else that could be on either end of the coin, being fast and young. Um, it could benefit them, but it could hurt them because their bodies might not be in the the I mean they're in shape but they're not in game shape yet. So what happened at the beginning of this season could happen again, and we saw it already with Kale McCarr, and we don't know what happened in Nathan McKinnon for that day, uh, but he came off the ice too. Who knows what it was? Just because we are healthy now does not mean that will continue. So we have to be cautious of that, which is why we have all these guys waiting in the ring wings to replace if needed. Obviously, we hope it's not needed and all these guys stay healthy because if they do, this team is a force. But this is it could be a dangerous thing to be as fast as they are and as young as they are because they want to get out and go, 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 and then pull something, tweak something, and now you're unfit to play, which we don't want to hear that term at all. We don't definitely want to hear it in these playoffs. So... We'll see where all this leads, but we are back every day, Monday through Friday. So tune back in tomorrow. That's going to be it for today. Stay safe. We're in Edmonton. Anything else coming out of there? Clearly, we'll be talking about it this week. And once we get to that uh, exhibition game, which I think is the 29th Wednesday, I believe, we'll see how that goes. So stay safe out there, everybody. See you guys tomorrow. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!